Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, August the 17th in 2020 on When I Rise, a brand new week, a brand new set of scriptures here in year A, proper week 16, which is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. And on Mondays, we like to start at the beginning. We go back to the Old Testament and see what the Old Testament passages for the week. We leave Genesis behind us today and this week we go to the book of Exodus. So we'll go to book of Exodus chapter 1 verse 8 through chapter 2 verse 10. We'll see the beginning of Moses' story. So I'll read that passage, provide a couple points of reflection, and use that reflection to give us a time of prayer this morning as we face our day before God with one another. So thanks for making this party morning and winter rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8 through chapter 2, verse 10. And a new king rose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Here, the people of the children of Israel is more numerous and powerful than we. Come on, let's be wise toward it, or else it will increase and it will be when war will happen that it too will be added to our enemies and will war against us and go up from the land. And they set commanders of work companies over it in order to degrade it with their burdens. And they built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pithom, and Ramses. And the more they degraded it, the more it increased, and the more it expanded, and they felt a disgust at the children of Israel. And Egypt made the children of Israel serve with harshness, and they made their lives bitter with hard work, with mortar, and with bricks, and with all the work in the field, all their work that they did for them with harshness. And the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Sifra, the name of the second was Puah, and he said to them, When you deliver the Hebrew women, and look at the two stones. If it is a boy, then kill them, and if it is a girl, then she will live. And the midwives feared God, and did not do what the king Egypt had spoken to them, and they kept the children alive. And the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and kept the children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrews aren't like the Egyptian women, because they are animals. Before the midwife comes to them, they give birth. And God was good to the midwives, and the people increased, and they became very powerful. And it was because the midwives feared God, and he made them households. And Pharaoh commanded all of his people, saying, Every son who was born you shall throw into the Nile, and every daughter you shall keep alive. And a man from the house of Levi went and took the daughter of Levi. And the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she saw him, that he was good, and she concealed him for three months, and he was not able to conceal him. And she was not able to conceal him anymore. She took an ark made of bulrushes for him and smeared it with bitmuin and pitch and put the boy in it and put it in the reeds in the bank by the Nile. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. And Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile. And her girls were alongside the Nile. And she saw the ark along the reeds and said to her maid, and she took it. And she opened it and saw him, the child. And here was a boy crying, and she had compassion on him. And she said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nursing woman from the Hebrews for you, and she'll nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I'll give your pay. And the woman took the boy and nursed him. And the boy grew older, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him from the water. This is the word of God for us.
The founding narrative of the Old Testament people is the Exodus. Uh, if you were to ask anybody from that era, how do you know that you're God's people? Their answer that they would shoot back to you is, because with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God deliver us from Pharaoh in Egypt. And so there, this kind of begs the question, what was the set of circumstances that caused God to want to save people from the place in Egypt? And as you and I have been following the book of Genesis the last several weeks, there has to be something in the back of my mind. If like we're honest Bible readers, there's this tenuous relationship, agreement between Joseph and his family and the nation of Egypt. Uh, we just have to know like in the background, like this is not going to go well. If you remember, Jacob and his household were starving because of the famine. And so Joseph, because of his favor with Pharaoh, is given this hall pass to have his family move to the land of Goshen, the most fertile part of the Egyptian landscape and they're they're given it the, the you know the opportunity to live there and to escape the famine and they begin to continue to grow and grow so like the honest honest question boils in the back of our minds like how's this gonna end because it's not gonna end well and it's right and so we here we have the setting of the book of exodus is that there's a new king who doesn't know of this tenuous agreement in the past who's just simply recognizing the economy the people of the hebrews they call them the people of israel becoming plentiful and they're growing and they're going to join our enemies and they're going to run us over. This is the neurosis of every empire out there. It is a, it is an economy of scarcity. There's only X amount of resources and right now we've got a governing control of a lot of it, but it, the law of averages will work against us at some point and at some point there's going to be an uprising and we will be dethroned. It's not a growing economy, it's a closed scarcity economy. And so they try to take matters in their own hands and what we see in the first few verses of our passages today is that it backfires because uh, the Hebrew midwives continue to have kids and none of them um, come to ruin at first. Then a harsher punishment comes upon the people of Israel, and their boys are being put to death, but one is spared and saved. So this interesting picture, we have a harsh king, and we have a compassionate daughter within Pharaoh's household, that when she sees Moses in the basket, she doesn't allow him to be thrown into the Nile with the rest of them. But she allows him to be weaned by his own mother because of the intervention of Moses' sister, and he grows up in Pharaoh's household. And this is an interesting plot. Like what I love about this, a good story gives you a setting and then it turns it over and it gets you right into the problem. And the problem isn't resolved because this problem leads to other problems. Moses is gonna have an identity crisis in the pages after this, but at least in this first part, there's this generous blessing from God. His people are in trouble and God provides. And it's an unusual set of circumstances. Moses is born. Moses' mom creates an offense against the empire by saving her son instead of throwing him into the Nile. And there's this provision within Pharaoh's household of kindness. Now, I just want to say this. Uh, I, I believe this to be true, that leaders are not born, they're not made, but they are summoned. There's nothing about Moses saying that he's going to be a leader, uh, but the, the issue is beginning to build here that's going to summon him. And I love his name. His name is Moses or Moshe, which means to be pulled out, to be drawn up from the depths. And that is exactly what God is doing in the larger story with the nation of Israel. He's going to draw them out of the depths of this harsh treatment in Egypt and allow them to be free. So what happens in Moses' life is going to happen in the wider story of the people of Israel. So how should we pray today? I think we should pray that God would summon us. Yeah, 
you and I may or may not think that we're leaders, but if there's one person following us, if we can make a decision and cause something to move and to change, then we are leaders. Uh, and so somebody's counting on us today. There's a kingdom where people are looking to us. I say kingdom in quotes. People are looking to us, and whatever we say or do, it is going to move the world in some way. It's going to recreate the world. And the same thing's going to happen with Moses. And so what I'm going to pray for is for God's provision. There's every, every all around us, there's stuckness. It's, people are stuck. Uh, communities are stuck. Our office is stuck. A group of people are stuck. Our neighbors are stuck. And they need a leader to be summoned. And my prayer is that God is going to stir and summon us. So let's spend some time praying as we face our day together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're a good God. I thank you that when the world is stuck around us, that you provide. You provided Jesus to be our Savior. He rescues us from sin. He inaugurates a brand new kingdom for us to participate in where there's ages upon ages of freedom and life everlasting. God, I thank you that you summon us as well, that you've called us to such a time as this and to the places where you call us. So whether it be our families or our workplaces or friendship communities, social networks, political offices or church communities. God, I thank you that whenever there is a stuckness that you summon a leader. And so God, may you summon us and we might be a quiet leader that moves a couple of people or we might be a more upfront leader that moves many people. Whatever the case may be, I pray that you give us the faith to believe it and the grace to accomplish it. We thank you that you love us, that your love lifts us. And so I pray that you lift us into places of humble leadership today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.